Welcome to Narrow Way to Broadway, a podcast for people of faith with a passion for the arts. Each episode is designed for the thespian and non-thespian and the believer and non-believer alike as we navigate topics affecting the hearts, minds, and homes of artists everywhere. If you'd like to hear more, head to nwaybway.com. Hello, hello, Narrowway to Broadway. Welcome to episode one of season six of the podcast. Honestly, it gets to that point where I'm when I'm doing these intros, Philip, I like, I just marvel and it's like so humbling that the Lord has brought us to season six. It's it's truly amazing. So people, if you are listening, you are live, not live, but you are here with Emma and Philip. We're both, <laughs> we're both ill right now. <laughs> Philip has strep, but you know what? We are here. Well- Praise God. Praise God. I found out I don't have strep this morning, but they thought I had mono. And I was like, no, 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 no. There's no way that I have mono right now. Don't have mono. Just have some kind of allergy garbage going on right now. But forgive me if my voice cracks and or gives out. Yes. Maybe you too have a sinus infection. I know. Gosh, that would be nuts. Okay. My roommate did just get back from a cruise. So I maybe have caught it from him. So that really could be. Yes. Well, and it's just like it's tis the season. Like everybody's like so stoked for fall, and I'm I'm excited for fall. Like catch me making pumpkin cupcakes and drinking a, a nice chai tea latte. But I am also like going to small group, and there's all these children there, and they're all completely just running around, running oh, noses, yeah. so sick, all this stuff. Especially in the Midwest, I'm like, oh my gosh, everybody yeah. is ill, <laughs> and that's just the way it is. Um. Anyways, what a fun introduction, ushering us into season six. Philip, why don't you, why don't you tell the people some fun things that we have happening right this minute? Yeah. So some really, um, really cool stuff that we have going on right now. Uh, two things. Number one is you probably saw us post a couple weeks ago. If you haven't, you're hearing this for the first time now. Uh, this is the first time we've talked about it on the podcast, but we have started something new called Narrowway to Broadway Contributors. And so that is people that we are inviting to come alongside Emma and myself to help with all sorts of things that have to do with Narrowway to Broadway. Uh, me and Emma have kind of come to a point where we're like, okay, we've been doing this for six seasons. We mm-hmm. probably need some help. We probably need to invite people in. And so this mm-hmm. is your invitation, your official invitation into what God is yeah. doing um, through Narrowway to Broadway. There's all different ways where you can get involved. If you um, are interested in writing, we have a blog on our website that we're trying to get um, cranked up. And we have some amazing people already that have signed yeah. up through the link on our on our. Uh, uh, Instagram page right now. Yeah. So if you are interested in like writing or creating social media content or graphics or reels or helping us potentially start a TikTok, like all that sort of stuff, if you are interested in getting involved in any way with what we're doing here at Nerway to Broadway, we invite you to go over to our Instagram page, find the link tree that's in the link in our bio, fill out a little like application that we have there just so we can get some information about you. And then Emma or myself will reach out to you and um, we'll have a conversation about where we feel you could fit best into what's happening here at Narrowway to Broadway. Yeah, it's exciting. And just one quick thing about the contributors. I had a bunch of meetings yesterday with the people who have already signed up and boy, oh boy, I'm just so encouraged. Like this, you know, we've been praying over like, Lord, we want to be open-handed with Narrowway to Broadway. We want to know how we can best like serve the kingdom. And it's amazing to know that the Narrowway to Broadway contributor program or whatever, whatever it is, initiative is like 
equally an answered prayer for those wanting to serve as it is an answered mm-hmm. prayer for us who like need and are excited to build a team. So know that if like you've been praying about opportunities to serve Christians in the arts or even expanding the arts into, you know, it, like expanding Christianity into the secular sphere of the arts, this is you would be an answered prayer to us. Um, yes. So, yeah, super encouraging. Anyways, Philip, keep going. Love that. Thing number two that we have coming, season number two, right? We released merch. Yeah. Or was it three? Yeah, season number two, you released merch with our just like normal Nairway to Broadway logo, a couple different um, styles there. We're excited to announce that we finally are releasing some brand new merch with a completely different design aesthetic than the Nairway to Broadway brand that you're probably mm-hmm. very familiar with. Um, it's a very collegiate kind of style, which I know people like myself are super into. Um, we have lots of different colors that you can choose from. And we're working through a different t-shirt um, like providing company that's helping mm-hmm. us print all of our stuff. Um, I got a sample in yesterday and it looks so good. It's so comfortable. Yeah. The t-shirt that I ordered, we have a lot of different styles. So we have like block letters that say in way, B way on it. And then we have like this kind of collegiate seal um, that looks so, so cool. It makes me want to change our actual logo, but we're not changing our logo or brand or anything <laughs> like that. Um, but it looks so, so sick. And then we also have a t-shirt that says on Broadway as it is in heaven. Um, mm-hmm. That's just really, really cool. And uh, yeah. if you're interested in that, you can head over to our website um, or to the link tree in our bio and you can go to our new Narrow to Broadway merch store and get yeah. yourself some new Narrow to Broadway merch. And again on this, we're we're printing this like, as cheaply as we possibly can for mm-hmm. you all. Um, yeah. We want this to be affordable for you all to be able to um, have a piece of clothing that can potentially start conversation about yeah. faith um, yes. in a rehearsal room or um, in a classroom or, or wherever you are. Um, and, you know, we're not making these exuberant profits off of these things. It's like a t-shirt no. for 25 bucks. So yeah, <laughs> you so can't enjoy. buy a t-shirt for 25 bucks at Target. So go enjoy, yeah. get your narrative Broadway merch and, um, yeah, use it as a conversation starter and a tool to yeah. um, help talk about your faith and, and the arts and how those things come together, because that's what we're all yeah. about here. Totally. Amazing. Yes, we're so excited about that. So excited about Narrow Way to Broadway contributors. But we are here today to actually talk about something that, you know, I think, Philip, you and I separately have been having a lot of these conversations with our own spheres. So like you with your team at church um, and your your new spring team and myself with all of my friends in Chicago who are, you know, actors and creatives and just what does it look like? So, so basically the question we're posing today that we want to chat with you guys about is, you know, what is, is surrounding the importance of carrying kingdom culture into artistic spaces. And so a lot of this is based on 1 Corinthians 5.20, which says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Um, so a lot of this, which is interesting, because ambassador is sort of, you know, a buzz hip word right now. You could be an ambassador for a brand or for a cause and, you, you know, what does it look like to actually be an ambassador towards Christ um, or for Christ? And so, Philip, I know a lot of this that you and I have talked about was based on some of the things that you all have been talking about at church revolving sort of, um, you know, pastor or not, he's not a pastor, but author and speaker, Andy Crouch and about culture making. So I'd love for you to kind of give the people a little bit of a generalized view of what 
what his kind of thesis is here. Yeah, absolutely. So, so like Emma said, a lot of this is conversation that I've been having um, with staff members and just our staff in general at my church have been talking about when it comes to how do we actually impact the culture that we're a part of, like being um, in the world, but not of the world, like Mm -hmm. practically, what does that look like? Um, And a lot of what we have been leaning into is this book by Andy Crouch. It's called Culture Making. I haven't actually (laughs) read it myself, um, but this is like our, like no read the book, book club kind of talk and discussion that um, like talking points that he hits Mm -hmm. throughout the book. So if you want to read the book and you're really into like, how can I impact culture in the world around me, check it out, get yourself a copy of um, Culture Making by Andy Crouch. But um, basically a lot of this has been ringing true in me for a while because I had um, a director a while back. This uh, director wasn't a believer, but he said, where art goes, the world goes. And mm-hmm. it just rings so true in my ears because I can look at where we are right now artistically, visual arts, performing arts, film, entertainment, all this sort of stuff. And I, you know, it's like a look into the future of mm-hmm. where we're headed. And right mm-hmm. now it doesn't look super bright, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't feel hopeless when mm-hmm. I see that um, because of these things. So um, kind of backtracking a bit. When it comes to culture, uh, Andy says that there's four different ways that we engage with the culture around it. So the first way that we engage with culture um, is copying. So an example yeah. of copying culture would be in theater, um, you know, like jukebox musicals like um, Mamma Mia or All Shook Up or, you know, you name it. Right. Um, they're this way of like copying a culture of the past or these movie musicals that are coming to stage like Beetlejuice and Mrs. Doubtfire and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. These are just things that are copying culture that once existed and that still kind of live in this zeitgeist sphere that clouds over everything we do, especially in the, you know, American Western world here. Right. Um, And this isn't even just like this isn't even just in theater. That's just a very micro niche example of what this is. This is applying to like very everything. So, so most, I would say probably, I don't know what the book says, but in this actual category, I would say that most people's temptation is probably the first and third points, which is copying the culture, which you just talked about. And we're going to continue to, and consuming the culture, like copying the culture, I think has a lot to do with trend too. It's like, yes. When one TV show about vampires comes out, all of a sudden, like every every network is like, let's make a show about vampires. It's it's basically exactly. the culture being created through creating carbon copies of what is popular. Absolutely. And I think a, yeah. another example of that is like with reels right now with the sounds. Yeah. I, like I'm so not not on reels or TikToks or whatever, but how you can use someone else's audio and like recreate a, a dance or a graphic mm-hmm. designer comes out with some style for some campaign. And then everyone right. <laughs> is doing the exact same graphic design for like the same right. for like three months. Yeah. Or um, even like, okay, I feel like this is the truth too of like sometimes in theater, we all start to adopt. And, and this is so true. Like I would remember when I used to go to SETC, which is the Southeastern theater conference and we would audition for summer stock work. I remember it was crazy. Like I would almost go to these auditions and just based on watching the 20 or 30 people that were in my group, I would kind of be able to tell what program they were from because people subconsciously or consciously 
start to pick up on habits, mannerisms, styles that are popular within their particular program. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's copying culture, number one mm-hmm. way that we engage with culture. Number two is we condemn culture. Um, I think that this is the place where the church um, finds itself stuck a lot of times. Mm-hmm. It's just condemning and condemning and condemning the things that are being created artistically. Um, I mean, even like financial thought and philosophical thought, like all that sort of stuff. The church is just so ready to condemn the mm-hmm. culture. And a lot of us are probably a part of what we would call like a seeker church kind of world, which is like the contemporary church music, contemporary worship music. Mm-hmm. You have lights and all that sort of stuff in your church. And that's kind of a direct response to this condemning um, mm-hmm. church. So, you know, these are the churches that are doing like the at the movie series and they're doing mm-hmm. um, these crazy youth events and massive youth camps and conferences right. where they're just trying to get people in the building to share the gospel with people. Yeah. So that's a way that the church has responded to this condemning culture. But um, Emma, can you think of any specific examples of of how we condemn culture. Yeah. Like I think one example, so this is just an example from my life is like, I remember when I was, I studied abroad in Italy and there was this other girl that I knew. She was the only other girl on the trip who like was a Christian. And I remember she had all of these color coded, um, like post-it notes in her Bible. And I was like, Hey, what are those? What do those mark? Like, what are those for? And she was like, these are all the places in the Bible that talk about not cursing and talk about like homosexuality. She was like, because I need to be able to whip this out in case I need to like defend my position. Mm. And I was like, huh, this is tough because, you know, while you do want to have context, you do want to be able to provide truth when necessary. I think in terms of like being in the world and not of it, that's an example of someone leaning really far into being so scared of being of the world that they remove themselves from engaging in conversation that might be a little bit more nuanced or conversation that might be a little bit harder to have. It's like, and I think too, like condemnation, you know, it's really easy for Christians to condemn the world Mm. outside of their own like world. It it makes us feel, I think, better sometimes. So I think engaging in condemnation and and there's like I think well I don't I'm making this up like on my mind but I really do think that there is like macro condemnation which is like yeah. truly being like this person's actions or who this person is like warrants them you know going to hell and then there's like micro condemnation which is the small even subconscious judgments that we make of people yeah. um in any given in any given process so I think that that's that's like another example of condemnation as well totally Great, great input. All right. So the third way that we um, engage with our culture is we consume culture. And this is what I would say I'm probably most guilty of when Mm -hmm. it comes down to how I engage with culture. Um, This is where consuming culture, this is the place where we just like completely stop creating altogether. um, And we just watch from the sidelines. So this is like your Netflix binging and this is your scrolling on social media um and this is your you know big box store christmas advertisement type type culture we're just like consuming and consuming and consuming and we're never and we're not like 
being inspired really to put out anything creatively, Mm -hmm. um, you know, personally. So we basically like when we enter this consuming type culture, we just become exactly what whoever is above who has created that, you know, that type Mm -hmm. of culture, we become exactly who they're telling us that we should be. So we become a product in a consumer Mm -hmm. kind of world. And an example of this in theater is we we will lean directly into typecasting that a professor or a director maybe told us at some point in time, or we lean directly into a label um, that someone said was true about us in an yeah. audition workshop or something like that. Um, yeah. So we're living in this place where we're just absolutely giving away all of our creative abilities. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not like participating, like not throwing our skin in the game in any sense of the word it's just sitting back so in in the example of like being in the world and not of the world this is being like this is being a innocent bystander of culture of like and not even necessarily innocent innocent i think consumers actually fall victim to a lot of the other things like i think consumers fall victim to copying or condemning or critiquing because they 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 view or like this posture views the culture as something neutral to just engage with and to consume yeah. rather than to like have any hand in creating, um, which is tough. Yeah. And eventually we get to a place where this consuming culture does actually affect us deeply. Yes. Inside yeah. of us. It has this deep, um, I, I, I don't, I don't even know what I'm saying, <laughs> but it no, has it this does. deep, deep inside um, kind of control. Um, yeah, that changes our perspective and, and everything about us. Um, well, right, and 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 the thing is that's that's tough. Is like consuming culture seems like the most innocent version of this. Yeah, because it's kind of passive. Like copying is active, condemning is active, co- consuming feels passive. But actually, what's happening is like consuming is probably the most is probably the the engagement within culture that is the most formational subconsciously like yeah I always wonder I think that there are a lot of people and I was like this as a kid like when I was a kid not a kid when I was in like middle school and high school I like loved horror movies and Mm. I I don't know what shifted I think that like as I got to know the spirit more and like my my heart became more sensitive towards like you know the things of this world and the things of realms like apart from ours I just like can't really watch them anymore and I liked to think that I could in, like I could objectively consume things and like we can't objectively really consume anything. Like I think it's yeah. a really naive thing to believe that the things we consume just like how we it's like consuming like in the most literal sense of the word consumption it's like yep what we put in our bodies you know, determines how our bodies are formed and what we put yep. in our minds. It determines how our minds are formed, which is why consumption is like a way we engage with culture and how it forms the culture. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's kind of the like, you are what you eat um, mm-hmm. <laughs> concept. It's like yeah. at the doctor this morning, I stepped on the scale and I saw the number and I was like, hmm, I wonder how we got to that number. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I know how I got to that number. Right. You know, we always um, know. And it was unconscious, but. I know how I got to that number. Anyway, um, the fourth way that we engage with culture is we critique. So this is these micro 
um, little adjustments that we say like, that's like, that's good. But Mm -hmm, if it was mm -hmm. this, it would be even better. And it's like Mm -hmm. the, the concept of like, we're looking at the, at, at the world and the things that are being created and nothing is ever good enough. So we're never yeah. honoring or celebrating the work that people are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also never saying that it's like not it at the same time. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. This is actually an interesting point that, I mean, I feel like I could debate and talk about on either side for a long time, but I remember when like the Bloomies came to Charlotte. So the Bloomies are like the regional affiliate of the Jimmy Awards. If you're a fangirl of musical theater, you obviously know what this is. Perhaps you've even won your regional affiliate. Perhaps you've even competed at the Minsk Golf (laughs) Theater. But I think like there were a lot of like schools that really protested the Bloomies um, because they were like, we're creating a culture of critique within this musical theater sphere that has since been valued simply because people can participate. And now we're trying to like make this Mm. a winning and losing game, Um, which I thought was interesting because I think, I think that theater and film really can be viewed as like, I don't know, things to participate in, like depending on, depending on who you were. Like, I remember it was like so fun when the athletes joined the musical or I know people who did the show choir who like weren't trying to, you know, be musical theater hunties for the rest of their life, but they were doing it for fun. And I feel like what's tough about theater is because the arts are like the most readily, I don't know, the arts are hard because the arts are sometimes the most heavily critiqued parts of culture Mm -hmm. even though they didn't necessarily they weren't created to be critiqued is what i'm trying to say yeah so i don't know what do you think about that? i love that yeah it wasn't created to be critiqued it was created to kind of explore the the deeper questions of life and also at some point it's like it was created to entertain you know yes yeah like totally (laughs) like 42nd street wasn't really created for you to get in your feelings about right it was to watch people tap dance until they throw up you know right you know amazing yeah <laughs> and that's amazing like that's what it's there to do right um but so the four so we'll go back to the top so we had copying uh the four ways we engage with culture are copying condemning consuming and critiquing now here's the thing about the four ways that we engage with this culture none of them are going to transform the actual culture they just kind of exist yeah. as they are um yeah john mark comer has this quote where he says, culture isn't a war to be won. It's a garden to be tended. And that when I read um, his book, Garden City, which is, again, Mm -hmm. all about creating culture and getting us back to our initial, um, you know, mandate of God in Genesis Mm -hmm. when he created um, man and woman. Mm -hmm. um, He he has this thing of like, God has kind of created this like kingdom that we are a part of that already has a really, really vibrant, strong culture, not already has, it has the best, the brightest, the most beautiful, the most creative culture that you could ever imagine. And it's Mm -hmm. our job as believers, as God's creation to, um, to tend and to take care of that garden that God has already established. We know that, you know, sin has come into the world that we are fallen, but that is our job is to tend the culture that God has already placed on this earth and that we will all be a part of um, one day if we believe in him as our savior. Yeah, it's true. 
so I think, yeah, like you said, as a thesis statement, you know, four ways that we typically engage with culture are copying, condemning, consuming, and critiquing. But our job as believers, especially as believers that call ourselves artists, is to cultivate culture and mm-hmm. to tend to culture as like a beautiful creative garden that wasn't even created by us. We just get to tend to it. So I think one thing you said yesterday when we were talking about this, Philip, was, um, you know, we have to decide if we're going to let culture form us or if we are going mm-hmm. to form it. And you talk about, t- what did you say? Timeless truth through something else. Yeah, it's... um timeless truth so when we when we're looking at like okay how are we going to actually cultivate this culture and it's like well let's look at you know the timeless truths with timely methods mm-hmm. um so how do we even approach that as mm-hmm. believers and, and mm-hmm. as artists what things do we hold tight to so i would call this like what are my close-handed things in life Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. I'm holding on to that are, you know, like Jesus is the son of God, born of the Virgin Mary, lived a perfect life, was crucified, rose from the grave and sits at the right hand of the father. Like those are my timeless truths. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the things that I'm holding on to um, and that I am never going to let go the bedrock of my life. But what are our timely methods? What can we use as believers, especially believers that call ourselves artists? What can we do? to help inform and bring this kingdom culture that's already been established to earth and to light today. Mm-hmm. And I think the ways that we can do that, I mean, the simplest answer is to, you know, we need to be the best that God has created us to be and live up to that yeah. full potential. So yeah. some of the timely methods as artists that we can do, we need to make sure that, you know, like we are training well, that we aren't mm-hmm. just, you know, doing the craft and, not working, you know, not doing any extra work. And don't get me wrong, before I even say any of this stuff, this is not a works-based mentality um, of like building culture. There's a a difference between doing good works and putting effort into things, you know? And like, yeah. And like accepting an invitation to participate in something Exactly. That's really beautiful. And that's what we're that's what's here. And I I think what's hard and I would encourage our listeners if you're if you're listening and you're listening to all this like I think people kind of fall into one of two categories sometimes. Like this is totally a generalization, but most of most of people and I can speak to like how I you normally fall into is like most people are more tempted either by being in the world or being of the world. Yeah. And like or I guess what what I mean to say is like I think most people either fall into two categories. One is people are so scared of being of the world that their posture toward the world is one of like defense, like mitts up. I'm going to fight the culture for all it's worth because I don't want it to form me, right? Like that's that's uh-huh. posture one. Yeah. And that's like a super unattractive thing for people who don't really know what you're talking about when it comes to Christianity. The other side of that is a posture of like, well, I'm a Christian, like nothing can change God's love for me. Nothing can change the fact that God chose me, which is true. But then it's like a really blind, sleepy, just like venture into the culture that isn't like guarding your heart and mind. So then it forms us into something that doesn't really look like, you know, a person being formed by Jesus. It looks like a person who claims to know Jesus, who's being more formed by the culture. So 
it's so tough. And that's like what we were talking about yesterday, Philip, is like, I don't know anybody who like this is easy for. Like, I don't, I really don't. So if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, well, I do feel like I fall into one of those two categories. Know that you're not alone. And I actually think that this is the kind of ever-present struggle of like being a Christian and being an artist is like trying to put our mitts down, but also trying to have our guard up, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think where, where we want to go now is truly just trying to provide some tangible ways to implement this. Because I think we can sit around and talk about culture forming all day long and how we need to cultivate the culture. But then it's like, we're left with these questions. What does this actually mean? What does this, what should this impact in my daily life? How do we implement this? And what does it look like to provide kingdom hospitality? And I think, Philip, this is something that you've been wondering too, as you just kind of re-entered, you're in the process of Mm. um, rehearsing for a show right now. And it's like something that you haven't been a part of in a long time. So I think there's this question of like, you know, we have these huge concepts, right? So we walk into these rehearsal rooms and we're like, I want to be like Jesus, like this huge, huge task, right? This huge concept. And yet, and like, we know, we know that we want to be like Jesus. And yet we still, and I don't want to speak for anybody else, but like, if you relate to me, you, it means that you, you still walk in and you're like, I'm still scared. Like, I don't know what this looks like. Mm -hmm. Do I, am I supposed to like literally walk up to people and start evangelizing? What does this look like? So we talked about Philip and I yesterday when we were brainstorming for this episode, talked about three things that sort of mark particularly, and this is very niche, but particularly the culture of theater. Um, and so three things that sort of market in a negative way that we're going to try to provide some tangible ways to, to counter form is um, theater is very much a culture of critique, a culture of individualism, and a culture of perform- performativity, which I don't know if that's actually a word, but performativism. So yeah, critique, individualism, performativism. Um, so we want to give you three, you know, tangible steps. So Philip, why don't you yeah. start with critique? Yeah, absolutely. So, so I think the, like the three tangible things that, um, you know, that we discussed yesterday, first one, gossip is such a monster in our industry. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and <laughs> You know, I know we say our industry a lot here on the podcast too, in your community theater, in your high school theater, in your church theater, gossip, um, gossip just is something that the enemy has a hold on the hearts of artists in general and people in general, but um, specifically in arts communities, I feel like it's always super, super present. Um, even in some of the healthiest communities I've been of. So how -hmm. can we fight that gossip? So in an industry full of critique, we have to provide encouragement. Um, So Mm -hmm. in Ephesians 4.29, it says, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's so like, isn't that silly? Like you can start talking to a child about gossiping when they're so young. So I think we want to spin this in a positive way, like in in an industry of critique, like provide encouragement. So we would just encourage you and and we want to be held to this too, is like when, when, you know, we feel the need, which is not a need, when we feel the need to critique someone in front of them or behind their back, like what would it look like to be so set apart that you're known as the person in your cast that like never says a bad word about someone else? Like 
that is a way to be like Jesus. And you don't have to say, and you don't need to say one thing about Jesus, but like, and it doesn't mean condemning. It doesn't mean like being like, Hey guys, let's stop talking about this. Like, let's talk about something else. It's just like, just politely say, or not even, not even like don't gossip, but like if someone does a good job while rehearsing, go up to them and say, Hey, that was so great. And I'm so grateful that I'm in this cast with you. What, what would that do to people? Like people would be world changing. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Um, imagine, I mean, imagine if you went up to your director, not in a, like, I I know it can be hard for me too, because when it comes to this encouragement to encouraging, mm -hmm. I can, my pride can get in the way and I can do it to try to get ahead or to make someone think more highly of me. You've got to strip that, that piece away too, when it comes to encouragement. If I have a rehearsal with a director and that director has just staged a scene that like has moved me as a performer, has helped me understand my character better. I can go up to that director at the end of rehearsal and say, Hey, I don't know. Hey, Tim, who's my director right now. I am so, I am so grateful to be a part of this production and to get yeah. this to get to tell this story and the way that yeah. you're telling it has encouraged me tonight so thank yeah. you yeah and it's also I think like it's really hard to be critical about someone who you've just encouraged yeah um it really because, is like no one wants to feel like a hypocrite so it's like I think that's some of the best way to combat this industry full of critique is just to provide encouragement is to be known as the person who provides encouragement to make small acts of going out of our way to encourage someone, even if we envy them, even if we're like, wow, this person's better than me. I think that a great way to like not cultivate bitterness in our hearts towards other people too, or not to cultivate critique is just like compliment somebody, tell them that they're doing a good job. If they are like, here's the thing we don't, we need to go around, like don't no. go around and like throw around encouragement just because like you listen to a podcast and they said to just do it if it's if it's true. Like if you yeah. find that someone is good, tell them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's a level of honor and a level. It's honestly, it's the see people the way that God sees you kind yeah. of mindset. You know, yeah. God is going to, you know, God sees you as a beloved child. We can see yeah. other people. We can see other people in the same way as right. beloved children of God and, yeah. um, you know, give them that encouraging word. And right. honestly, I encourage you to ask God if you're a part of a production or just for your friends right now, ask God to give you a word of encouragement for someone yeah. because yeah. he's not, he's not a stingy God. He's no. not going to withhold like a little crumb um, right. from you. Like he's going to give you a whole feast. So if you ask yeah. God for encouragement um, for you to share with someone yeah. else. Um, yeah. And so. it says, I love that it says too, like in that Ephesians 429 verse that you read of like you know, encouragement breeds grace. Like that's what it says. Mm, it says yeah. as good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Yeah. You know, it talks about like building up the body of believers. Like when it talks about the the body of Christ and how we're all different parts of Christ. And it's, yeah, the whole point is to build people up um, and not tear them down. Um, and I think that our, our industry can fall victim to this sometimes. Um, Okay, number That's two. Awesome. Yes, which is amazing. So number two, in an industry full of individualism, be a servant. Be the first to arrive and the last out the door. So gosh, I'm reading through the Gospels right now, which is so encouraging. I'm I'm on Luke, so I'm on the third one. Um, but we read and see that Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. 
So if we can, like another way that we can totally set our, like the Lord can set us apart is by taking on that posture in these, in these rehearsal spaces or in these creative spaces. And in Galatians 5.13, it says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. So there are so many tiny ways that we can use our freedom to serve one another humbly in love, whether that be, you know, helping set up chairs for rehearsal or helping clean up chairs for rehearsal or, you know, helping someone check their props or helping someone do their hair. Like there are ways in in this culture of individualism, this industry of individualism, this industry that tells you like, this is all about you. You need to figure out your brand. You need to figure out your persona. You, you, you. We could, we can totally sell, sell, we can totally set ourselves apart by just thinking about ourselves less. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and I think that that's totally a way to set ourselves apart. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, all, all we, what we're encouraging you to do is find an opportunity where you can't go the extra mile um, yeah. and truly serve someone, truly help someone instead mm-hmm. of trying to be the first out the door and, um, you know, the one showing up the moment that whatever you're part of starts. Yeah. Um, it really means a lot more than what you would think it means to yeah. people, especially yeah. people that are in places of leadership. Yes. I was going to say like, especially if you're somebody who, you know, often finds themselves in even like lead roles or like, I don't know. I thought about this a lot when I did high school theater or even in college, like, when I was one of the underclassmen and one of the seniors who was a lead was like nice to me or helped me do something or or if I was having trouble with choreography or something and they offered to help me, I was like, this is amazing. This is yeah. so kind that this person is like taking the time to help me because of who they are. That's amazing. So know that this one like applies to you and there is like so much even, there's even more opportunity for us to be uh, like cult- cultivating a culture of servanthood if we are in positions of leadership, like you said, like the ultimate act of humility and servanthood was that Jesus went, you know, from riches to racks. He went from yeah. being the son of God, sitting at the right hand of the father to being a human and a poor one, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, so it's cool. a beautiful thing. So moving to our last tangible thing. Um, <laughs> Sorry joking. <laughs> so moving on to our last tangible thing. Um, in an industry of literal performativity, pray for true authenticity and security. Yeah. Um, so what comes to mind for me initially when I think about it is we have to be confident in the identity that God speaks over us. And that is yeah. the Imago Dei. If you don't know what that means, the Imago Dei is translated to the image of God. So mm-hmm. you were created in the image of God and we can wake up every morning living in that truth and everything else in our life can flow out of that place of I am created in the image of God. Um, yeah. God's also been just uploading so much on me recently about human dignity um, mm-hmm. and and the nobility that we personally carry. Like when yeah. we're speaking to one, other, one another, it's like we're speaking to kings and queens and, yeah. and, and these people that God, the creator of the universe, you know, that we call yeah, we have like King Jesus is our big brother. That means, well, I must be a prince or something. Right, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so honestly, like 
leaning into that like Genesis 1, 26, 27, where God says, let us make man in our image. And then from there, he, you know, blesses humanity yeah, for the very first time. Um, and honestly, out of that blessing is where he gives us our initial, um, our initial decree to create and to cultivate the culture yeah. and the and yeah. the creation that he has put. So from everything, this image of God, this, I am not trying to be someone that I'm not or be someone that someone has told me I should be. I am truly living in the identity that God has spoken yeah. Um, yeah. over me. Yeah. Which is tough to do. I mean, it's like, this is tough to do because I mean, the industry is actually one of performance. It is the performance industry. And so what's really hard is to separate your identity from your performance. And like, I remember this was so hard for me when I was younger and I just like, I didn't know who I was separate from my performance. So like, I remember when I'm, you know, graduated high school to where I had this like great theater run, you know, I was like doing tons of community theater and was doing all the school shows and it was so fun. And had like an after school program that I did and it was amazing. And then I got to school and I was like, wow, no one knows who I am. No one actually cares. And so I'm going to have to like restart cultivating this identity. And I'm like, wait a minute. I just wish I would have really lived into the fact that my identity had nothing to do with the fact that I randomly are like, you know, like, Philip, and yeah. I'm sure you can, I'm sure you can relate to this. Like freshman year, when you get into your theater program, this didn't happen for me because I didn't study theater my freshman year, but all of a sudden, like your your freshman year, you get there and everybody's kind of trying to prove that they deserve to be there. So everybody's yeah. like talking about the roles they played in high school and what awards they won and all this stuff. And it's like this little like performance moment. Yeah. And like what what an amazing thing to see someone or come in contact with someone who you can tell like doesn't gain their confidence from their performance. Yeah. Like it's, it's a truly amazing thing to see. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, as we close, I kind of a thought that just came to my mind is like cultivator creator, this kind of, this artist, um, you know, description that we have put upon ourselves. um, creator and cultivator is our posture. Um, Mm. when it comes to how we interact with our culture right now, so yeah. with the copying, condemning, consuming, critique kind of nature, now yeah. as we, you know, we're living in this identity that God has given us as, mm-hmm. you know, son of God, our posture is creator and cultivator when it comes to our culture now on. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, we've given you these tangible things of um, of not gossiping and encouraging people and, mm-hmm. you know, taking off the different like performative masks that you might be wearing that are covering up who you really are on the inside. Um, we can approach those in a place of, um, you know, purity of heart, mind, eyes, hands, you know, (laughs) you know, whatever. Yeah, that's true. We can, we can, we have the confidence to do so. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as, as we close today, I'm going to ask you to pray to close us out in just a moment, Emma, but, um, you know, we just want to encourage you that if you are looking at our industry right now, if you are looking at your community theater or your career as an artist and you're feeling very hopeless, um, that's a lie from the enemy that Mm -hmm. there's, that there's no hope in the future. There is hope. Um, 
and you can be that hope for wherever you're walking in through yeah. walking into through the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you as a yeah. believer. So go out into your communities, cultivate that culture um, mm-hmm. and let people see the person of Jesus through you in your life. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. You have any closing statements? <laughs> you know, I don't. I think I actually just feel really like convicted here. Like I, I'm so grateful that the Lord gave us the person of Jesus because I think it it would be hard to do all of these things because they feel so large. And, and I think that I I've walked around with this idea of like, I want to be like Jesus, but I don't know how, but I think these, these kind of tangible things are, are things that I myself need to implement and believe that like, in the small acts of kindness in the small acts of encouragement and servanthood and authenticity and security are where God is like using me to plant seeds in the minds Mm. and hearts of other people. Like I don't, it actually has nothing to do with me. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I think particularly with the gossip piece, I think it's easy to, or just like general negativity. I think that it's, it's, it's so much easier. Like none of these things are easy. All of the things that we're talking about (laughs) are so much harder but they're yes. small. And like once we start cultivating, and I feel like we keep using this word cultivating, but once we start implementing these habits and creating habits, like we get to form, we get to form the culture, not just like resist the culture forming us. Yeah. Um. So that's, that's all I got. Awesome. Yeah. Pray us out. Okay. Um, Lord Jesus, we thank you for the people listening. We don't know. We don't know who they are. Um, we know who some of them are, but we don't know who all of them are. And God, we just pray that you will use this conversation to encourage them, um, to guide them, to give them practical and tangible steps into being formed um, into a person who is like Jesus, your son, who came here as a servant and died for us. Um, may that reality never fall dull on us, on our ears, God, when we get to interact with the word and the spirit and the the church, God, may we receive it as such a blessing. Um, and Lord, we just pray for our industry, this industry of artists, of people, of people who are made in your image. Yeah. Um, they were, you know, people who are in this industry who aren't Christians are just as much made in your image as we are, Lord. So may we treat them as such. May we encourage yes. them as such. May we, um, you know, serve them as such and like cultivate or not cultivate, pray for authenticity and security for them. And may we do the same for us, God, like let please use the art to form, use art to form culture in a way that points to you, Um, not to us, not to how good we are, how trained we are, or even how like Christian we are, God, Um, let us point to the glory of you. Um, and may that be our only prayer. So Lord, we thank you for this, this upcoming season of Narrow Way to Broadway, Lord. We pray for the conversations that are going to be had. Um, we love you, Lord. And this is for your glory. Amen. 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 All right, people, we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Narrow Way to Broadway podcast. If you enjoyed, please subscribe, leave us a review, and share this episode with your friends. We release new episodes every week. 
To keep up with what we've got going on, you can follow us on Instagram at nwaybway and head over to our website, nwaybway.com, for even more resources to help equip you as followers of Jesus and artists. We'll see you next time.